you are listening to Connecting Vague Dots with me and Jay, your regulars, and with a special guest today as well, Dan Hall. It's me, Dan Hall, special guest. Yeah, who 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 has been on before, but not since we revamped the podcast, which we told you about about five minutes ago. I'm completely prepared. Good. I mean, you were completely prepared the first time. I know exactly what's going on. You just tell me what you tell me what to say. I haven't got the script for you yet, Jake. Can you send the script to me, please? Oh shit! Did, did I not email it to you? Oh, oh, oh sorry. Um. Anyway, yes. Imagine if this shit was scripted. Imagine how good actors we'd be if we got all of the precise awkwardness all the time. It was. It and it was like completely unnatural awkwardness. Because in real life, we're all just absolute fountains of charisma. I've got yeah. so many friends, Jay. I'm such a popular guy. That, and that is a sentence you will never hear from someone who has lots of friends and is popular. I'm good at, I'm good at socialising. <laughs> With who? With what? Uh, you know, people. <laughs> Fuck, you know. Point proved. <laughs> Jay, do you wanna do you wanna explain the the concept to um Dan again, just to make sure that he's 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 got it, and please, uh, please. and maybe maybe this time it will go in for me as well. Okay, so the concept of the podcast is we pick four things from the realms of movies, music, and books. As well, we also pick TV and plays sometimes when we get bored and run out of things to talk about, which happens surprisingly often. And from those four things, we have to have an underlying link between three of them, but one will be an odd one out. Now the other people in the call have to figure out what the underlying link is and the odd one out. We also get points each week for revisiting things suggested in the previous week and last week we had jack whitburn on yeah and if, if you missed you know last week's episode go back and listen to it because um i spent a lot of time editing down that four hours of dirty humor and swearing um yeah well you shouldn't make so many dirty jokes then sir no it wasn't it was from you and jack i was more passive on that one family friendly at one point you just said massive cunt and for some reason, I couldn't edit that out. So do you want to clear up why you said that now? Because it was never addressed. It was never addressed. No, I did say that. You're right. But throughout the call, <laughs> Jack Whitburn occasionally edited his Zoom name. And at one point, he edited it to Massive Cunt. And I said that to him, expecting us to talk about the fact that he'd edited his name again <laughs> to Massive Cunt but he hadn't he just doing all his <laughs> like, we just didn't talk about it so I just said it halfway through someone else was talking about me. something yeah me <laughs> were you saying something quite profound and important in fact that whole episode was me being cut off and my options just like being disregarded, neglected, and then you guys going on a tangent about with Travers and Dan's poo club. Dan, hello, by the way. Oh, my poo club. I can't actually remember. What was my poo club? I actually can't remember that, but from, I definitely remember having a poo club. From what from what Jay described, it was you in the Travers toilet cubicle and someone oh, in the next poo cubicle. Club. Yeah, I remember. Poo club was started. It was like a little camp I went to and I sat in the toilet. 
Oh, it was, a, it was at a camp? Well, it was, and then we started it at uh, the Travers, because I originally did it at a camp. And then, so I sat on the toilet, and then a guy next to me was like, right, Dan? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. He's like, oh, how's it going? He's like, oh, you know, good. It's like, would, you know, oh, yeah, how's your, how's your poo? I was like, <laughs> it's flowing well. Still, still rancid. I think I ate porridge does not do well before. So I ate porridge every day. That was my whole thing. I always ate porridge. Because it was the worst. It was like the staple of the camp. You had to go there. You had to eat porridge every day. You didn't have to, but like everyone was like, oh, the porridge is disgusting. So, This sounds like the worst camp ever, possibly. Why? Why, Why would you do that? I don't know. What else was I going to do? Sit at home playing armor games? No, not... <laughs> I do like armor games. Yeah, armor okay. games. I've, I've got a really good profile on armor games, actually. They can buy it, generally. I think my... Poos have, have got worse because since I've been at uni, I didn't I didn't notice how much they've grown, and then because I came home, um and like had a poo in my toilet at home, the poo took up a lot more space in the home toilet than it usually did, and it was quite shocking. Okay, so is it that down to the density, or are you just saying that you know overall kind of like the weight of your your poos is the same, but you like your diet is made it expand more when it hits the, when it hits the water. The, the weight and the volume are the same, but all I'm going to say is it, it now goes above water level, which has never happened before. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so it really piles up. Yeah, I've got to say, mine, mine have become a lot more shorter, but frequent, I'd say. Like, oh, like a like machine we go, gun. We, yeah, we go to the toilet and a shotgun comes to mind. Like, you know. <laughs> Little pellets of poo. <laughs> How about yours, Jay? Yes, Jay, you've been awfully quiet. <laughs> um, well, my poos, they are... Well, it depends. I had a bit of a... Oh, dear. T- earlier today, it was it was a bit looser in, in every sense of the word. Runny. Runny, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that. Um, Minimal effort. Yeah. <laughs> just sit like, down. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a shoot. Oh, okay. Did yeah, you get like any? A... Did you get anything when you wiped, or was it clean? No. Oh no, I got, I got, I got oh. stuff when I wiped. Oh, what? Why? Why um, are you? Why are you talking about your poo, Jay? That's a bit gross. You were, you were sat there disgusted, and now you've just gone into the most detail. About... <laughs> <laughs> Seth said his went above the water. What are you talking yeah, about? You, mine being in you the described your, you know, loose was the word. Yeah, that you described got me. the shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and you gave sound effects. My goodness. What have we become? We were always like this. Yeah, I think we... Yeah, that's true. Right, shall we move on? Jesus Christ. Shall we get on to the real shit, which is this podcast? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Um, Dan, why don't you shout us out your three options that you thought about and your one that you came up with five minutes Wait, ago? Wait, hang on a minute. Oh, Should... sorry. Yes, Jack okay. Whitburn. Oh god, yeah. Shall we quickly go through the the things from last week? Yes, let's run those off. So Jack Whitburn came on with um four Disney films, he came on with um Far From Home, uh, The Incredibles, Moana and Up. Up, thank you. Oh, I almost did that. Um but I uh, I didn't revisit any of them though, because they're Disney films and I've seen them all about five times already. Yep, same. Nice. Um <laughs> No offense, Jack, but Yeah, no offense, but you're basic. 
Um, what, what, what were your choices? Oh, Jay. Oh, you knob. You massive, massive knob. I just remember what your link is, and I'm still angry about it. Um, so your link was that the first word of your choices were numbers. So you had eight mile, which you hadn't seen. Um, you had. Um, <laughs> Can we come back to that like real, real quickly? Yeah. Jay came on to a podcast about like talking about films and like what's about them. It's kind of an excuse to talk about films, pretty much. And you yeah. hadn't seen it. No, and he hadn't seen Super Eight either, which was another one of his options. Um, but I can't talk because I I forgot that Rocky lost the fight in Rocky One and didn't win. So we we all. We, and Jack hadn't seen. I don't. I'm not convinced Jack had seen Moana because he described it as uh, Moana and Dwayne Rock Johnson rocking around on a boat. Um, so it, it was a bit of a. It was a bit of a disaster. Um, but no, Jay, I didn't revisit Eight Mile or Super Eight or um, 1984 or that 1989 Taylor Swift album. I did not revisit any of those, unfortunately. Yeah, but I had read 1984 and I have listened to 1989. Mm. So in fairness, I only had I only knew nothing about half of my choices. Yes, but that's that's not that's not like half well done. That's half you're you're an idiot. Although, in fair, I did actually end up talking about Super Eight and Eight Mile for a not inconsiderable amount of time, considering I hadn't seen them. Yeah, yeah, you d- and to be fair, for your link, like, you you didn't have to have seen them. No, and like um. In the case of 8 Mile, I did actually manage to talk about its sort of semi-autobiographical about Eminem, mm. and also Lose Yourself is a very good song, and won an Oscar. And Super 8 is also semi-autobiographical, even, even in a sci-fi sense, about J.J. Abrams. Yeah, that's fun. So, it's not like I knew nothing, I just hadn't seen them. I've seen all of mine, Jay. <laughs> Unlike well, the two of you, obviously... The star guest of your show. Well, a, a guest. Um, You're a guest. That, a recurring a guest. I Technically, yes, you are now recurring. In, in, in fact, the reason, I will just say, the reason Jay um, said he wants to have you on, um, which, I, which I left in the last podcast, was we should have Dan Hall on again because he's a fucking idiot, was your introduction. <laughs> Um, (laughs) I'm I'm not an idiot I just (laughs) I've got a unique view on the world sometimes I like to express it (laughs) and you know I got called a gremlin the other day, that was fun (laughs) then I got called a wine aunt okay these are by by my colleagues by the way Uh, (laughs) do you want to file a, a complaint? So you're a gremlin wine on idiot, Dan. Is that is that what we've got for you so yeah, far? Yeah, but it was described as gremlin, but in a good way. And I don't I don't know if I can take that as a good way. There's, <laughs> there's no good way. You're a nice gremlin. <laughs> you're like the one that you're like the one that doesn't get fed after midnight. I've never seen gremlins. Me I looked neither. at a picture though, and I was like, maybe maybe I should reevaluate my personality. Maybe. <laughs> The film is really good. The first one is a Christmas movie, so obviously, you know, don't watch it now. But the second one isn't, and it's actually surprisingly good, and it has Christopher Lee in it, I think. Um, Jay, did you revisit any of my stuff? Sorry, just to wrap this little segment oh. up. Yes, so your things were Rocky, which, um, no. 
I have I still haven't seen Rocky from start to finish. The Velvet Underground and Nico. No, didn't. I didn't listen to that. Um, Star Trek Generation. No. Yeah. Why, why would I have watched that? No. And Trouble Man by Marvin Gaye, which crossed my mind, but I didn't in the end. You bastard. So are we both on zero points? Yeah, we're, we're all starting on naught, so that's great. Great. What a waste of time that was. <laughs> oh, well done. God. Thanks, Thank Dan. You, Dan. <laughs> really, All right. really, really committing to the podcast, aren't you? Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing great. Dan, kick us off in the main meat of the podcast now that we've had our, had our soup for starters. I really pronounced the P on that one. <laughs> now, that, now that we've had our soup, Dan, can you kick us off with a bit of steak? Do I like to say them all now, or do I just say one? Yeah, like you... say all of them. All of them? Right, okay. The first one, believe it or not, it's actually it's quite an underrated piece. Uh, Life of Pablo uh, album. Very underrated album. Uh, only like 500 million views on some of the songs. Uh, the film, uh, a film, The Lighthouse. Like, oh, you know, great stuff. William Dafoe. And uh, the book, well, not book. I, I chose the webtoon, Tower of God. That's what I chose, which has one of the <laughs> the worst characters I've ever witnessed in fictional media, and also the Demon Slayer film, uh, which is an anime film, uh, the Mugen Train. What the fuck? Wait, Have fun. Demon Slayer or the Mugen? Just put Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer movie. Okay. So who? I I haven't. I didn't get an author for the Webtoon Tower of God. By S S I U or yeah S I U, that's just, that's just what his name is. It's like it's Korean. Oh okay right. So that's the abbreviation of his name. S I U. Uh, wow. That that's, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. <laughs> What's the link, guys? <laughs> They've all got terrible characters in. That's a I link, add, but it's not I, the link. I actually have have initially no idea. Uh, yeah. Um, Seth, go yeah. on. What what's yours? Um, uh, the first one is a film called The Farewell. Came out a couple of years ago. Right. Um, the second is another film. It's Mulan, but the 1998 um Disney film, not the new right. one. Um, the third one is another film. It's uh, Pusher Two, uh, aka With Blood on My Hands, is uh, the tagline. Well, not the tagline. It's like the subtitle. And the fourth one is Silas Mana, the book by George Eliot. But yeah, that's my four. Um, Jay, your four. Right, my four. I've got some great picks this week. The first one I've got is Headhunters by Herbie Hancock. Is that a book? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, um, and it's an album. Okay. The second one I've got, it's another album. And it's Hunky Dory by David Bowie. So they all begin with H. <laughs> no. My third one <laughs> is Mean Streets, which I seem to remember is Martin Scorsese's directorial debut. Oh, okay. And my last one, it's another album. It's Sonic Soul Surfer by C6 Steve. 
That's a lot of S. That's not a name, is it? I mean, believe it or not, Seasick is not his birth name. Oh, Seasick. I thought he said C6. No. Like a... Like a like a room in a like building. Like a bomb. Oh, okay. Like yeah. a room. Yeah. Did you or say a like bomb. a bomb? Yeah. Our minds I mean, went to that's... really difficult different places there. <laughs> yeah, difficult for me, yeah. Is C6 a bomb or does it just C4. go up C4? So it's not like... It doesn't like go up from there. It's not like a ranking, a hierarchy of bombs. I don't, think, I don't think it's a ranking. I think it's a, no. a, I think it begins. It's like four things that begin with C, isn't it? Something like that. Or it right. has a lot of C's in it. That's why it's called C. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Is it like carbon four? Like that? Like is it like a part of a a chemical equation? Maybe I don't know. Right. Dan, Dan, do you want do you want to talk about your list first, or do you want to talk about one of ours? You know, I wanna. I'll talk about mine. I'll go. Let's go for mine. Why not? Yeah, since good you, idea. Since let's get that. Out. Let's get that out. The let's way, get. Shall let's we? get this out the way because <laughs> let's get the <laughs> disappointment. Then we can get onto the good ones. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm really intrigued about Demon Dick Slitter and the Magic Train. It, 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 first of all, it's Demon Slayer. And that's the English name. They're like the 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 Japanese one. It's Kometsu no Yaiba. If you want to be a real like, if you want to be like a real <laughs> Big old loser, right? Yes. And the mu. What the? Just what the fuck is this? What what have you put right. So us? you got you got your demon slayer, and then it's like let's make a film out of it. And it's about demons. It's about things. And if I explain it, I just look like a real sad person. But you know, explain. it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so it all started uh, at the start of the... <laughs> okay, so prick this. It's snowing, okay? It's snowing. And there's this guy, and he's running, he's running, and and then he kills the demon. This demon kills his family, and he's like, right, I'm going to kill the demons now. But then his sister's a demon, and it's like, oh, but my sister's a good demon. So it's like, oh, let's go on a mission to cure my sister. So the whole thing's about him traveling the world, killing demons to find special demon blood so that he can cure his sister. How... How is his sister a, a good demon? Because, like, she hasn't eaten someone. Come right. On. Obviously. <laughs> it's a so low bar for morality. Yeah, yeah, so, like... So we're all good demons, really, when you, yeah. when you look at it that way. And Oh, and then she was brainwashed to think that all... That all, de- that all people... That all humans are her family. That as well. Like, her family family. So what does she do about relationships? Just not, not, do, not going for those? Well, she's also got the mind of a child, so... Uh, right, okay. I did not know that when I asked that question. That's a bit... That's how, a bit old is, how old is the sister? <laughs> not old enough for you, Jay. Uh, <laughs> no, is it, like, canonically? I don't know. Probably about, like... 12? Okay. There's animes. So they're all, like, ridiculously young. Yeah. That's just what they do, and it's just, you know, it's a bit... It's questionable, but it, it, it yeah. happens. Uh, yeah, I was I was just confused because you said the mind of a child instead of she's a child. She is a child. <laughs> but like no, but because well, she he can need grow. To go on a really long quest to kill his sister by no, killing she's not killing his sister. Have you been listening to me, Jay? She's not killing his sister. Okay, he's going on a quest to get a special diva blood so that he can work up a cure to being a demon. Okay, but on the quest, he's also killing his sister's family, so his own family. No. 
No, because they're not his family. They're like other demons. But they're his sister's family. No, they're not. His sister, because his sister sees humans as family, so that she doesn't eat humans. And kill right. Them. Not oh. all demons are related, Seth. Come on. Sorry. So... They've all got the same blood. <laughs> what? Because, like, that's how they become demons. This so blood. they've all got the same <laughs> blood? So yeah, there's like this, like this guy that looks like Michael Jackson comes in, and he gives him, and he gives him some of his blood, and then they like get special powers because of that. So they get blood transfusions. Yeah. So they're definitely not Jehovah's Witnesses. No. Yeah. <laughs> Be a short book. No, I'm it's not so even confused. a book. Oh, it's a film. It's a fucking film. I don't know why I'm str- well, why we're all struggling so much with this. Maybe because it's fucking ridiculous. Um, it's, like, it's like everyone, and then um, it is. It was the highest grossest film of last year, by the way, as well. Like it made the most money last year. Demon Slayer. Yeah, it made. Well, I mean, it's a low bar. It only made like a half yeah. a billion. <laughs> it didn't make. There wasn't many films that came out. It made like half a billion, I think, which is a lot. But like, it was the top grossing film. Of competition. No, there wasn't. And like everyone, like they think they go, oh yeah, I gotta. It's like they mention it, and you know, it's like they think it's really underground and quirky, and they're like, oh yeah, look at me, I'm gonna go watch Demon Slayer. Oh, love, I love anime. Oh yeah, you heard of Demon Slayer? It's pretty underground, and it's yeah, the I, top grossing film of the year. Yeah, I, and whilst we're on the topic, have you heard of Avatar as well? Um, Avatar, I, I haven't. Is that um, that's an anime as well, isn't it? Um. <laughs> I, okay, I'll be honest. I I haven't been able to find it anywhere. I think it's too too low key. But I, I think it is. Yeah, it must be. An, I think it's an anime. Uh, I like I like it when people say that they're into anime. But Dan, you actually are into anime, aren't you? I mean, you would fucking well, hell. I like to admit it, but yeah, yeah. You watch so much anime, Dan. It's embarrassing. You know what? I I rewatched Lelouch of the Rebellion recently, and it's actually really good. Do you want me to talk about that one as well? No, uh, that's 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 all right. That's all right, mate. Don't. I just don't I just can't get past the fact that there was once an anime that you told me about where <clears throat> someone talks to someone by a crocodile eating their head, uh, and then they talk to the man inside the crocodile's mouth. Yeah, and then because the man inside the crocodile's mouth is looking for who killed him, but the actual the crocodile suit is sentient and it's a different person so the crocodile suit is going around going oh what the man is that my mouth said and there's also these people with magic blood and this guy walks around and he's got like a heart for a head and he like <laughs> cuts people up and puts them in body bags i think he makes people implode i can't remember it's almost a shame that this is not visual because the the faces Seth is pulling when he's <laughs> learning about this stuff is fucking brilliant. I just uh, is there is like magic blood a common theme among anime films? I mean, those two, yes. There's also someone who makes mushrooms in people, uh, and he went to hell. Like he went to actual hell. Uh, <laughs> You're describing this with so much enthusiasm and glee, but it's just not transferring to any of us at all. I mean, I appreciate that you're trying to in- in- inject some of your love into it, but um, Dan, I can I can pretty confidently say I probably won't re- won't visit Demon Slayer. Why not? Is it on? Is it any? Where is it? Is it on? It's on like, it? I, think I went to the cinema to watch it. I did. You went to the cinema. To watch, okay, I went to the cinema recently to watch it. We're going to move on now. Yes. Yeah. This, this got stupid and boring. <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about something else that's really, really stupid and Dan is into. So let's talk about Tower of God. Yeah, oh, Tower of God. Right, okay. This is, 
this is another webtoon. Uh, it's uh, fairly fairly well known if you're in the if you talk to the right people. Uh, but anyway, there's what a character. There's a character in it. It's called Rachel. Rachel is literally. If I had to name like a single fictional character that I absolutely despise, it would be her by far. Like what she did to like, oh my god, she was like pretend. She just spends the entire thing pretending to be like, oh yeah, oh can you help me? Can you help me? And then he just pushes him. He like you get the main characters like on a ledge. He's just like he just it's like Scar from The Lion King. You know when that? But she does that, and then and then like. <laughs> 50 pages later, she just does it again. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God. And then she's like, I think she disabled, I think she like shoots someone in the spine as well. And this whole thing's running. It's like really messed up. I hate her. Apart from this, this one character who, who you despise, um, what, what the, what, what the hell is, is, is the rest of it about? Uh, there's a big tower. It's called sure. the Tower of God. Thank you. And basically, you went to the bottom, and then you have to just get to the top. And when you get to the top, you get a, gr- a wish granted to you, anything you want. And, like, you go through games or challenges at each floor, and you work your way up. And there's a bunch of factions, like political warfare in there as well, because, I don't know, everything has to be... Otherwise, it'd be boring, actually. So it'd just be a bunch of people going up numbers. Going up a lift. They're going up a lift, really. It's good, though, but it's like... It's not a tower, it's... That's the world. The world is the tower, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Tower world. I really don't... I'm so out of my depth here. I just don't know what to be writing down and what to be like taking away from all the stuff that is coming out of Dan's mouth. I've, say, I've said enough for... It's okay. It's okay, links, Seth. Yes. I, I know what the link is. Really? Oh, Jake does know that. Oh, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. How do, how do you know what the link is? Um, uh, but... <laughs> Because of what Dan said about Demon Slayer. Yeah, so no. I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go for it now, and just trust me, sir. Okay, sure. Demon Slayer. Yeah. The people who've seen it think it's really Indian out there and underground, but it's actually really popular. Tower of God. The people who read it think it's really Indian out there and underground, but it's actually really popular. Life of Pablo, the people who listen to it think it's really indie and out there and underground, but it's Kanye West and it's fucking brilliant, everybody's heard it. And it was on like 50,000 best album of the year lists. So The Lighthouse is the odd one out. Yeah. Well done, Jay. (laughs) You see, I had to like force feed it because otherwise there's no way you'd get the link. I, so I, I got it that. as soon as you said that one line about a demon slayer. I I understood. But yeah, that was that. I do like that link. In fairness, that, I was, that is a good link. Shall we talk about the lighthouse and like Pablo for a little bit? I want to talk about the lighthouse, Dan. Because I, do I don't honestly, the lighthouse is it's such a good film, but I can't say that I, it's not like an enjoyable film. It's like <laughs> I you sit through. It's an experience. Like yeah. You just, it's like, I don't know what's going on. And then before this, I actually Googled what went on in the lighthouse. And the first thing that came up was, pff, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it's like make it, you make it, you, you take it for yeah. what you want. I just feel like watching it, I kind of felt like I was going crazy. It, it's just like a slow descent into madness. 
I just remember I was trying to watch it because it's on Sky Movie, so that means I have to watch it in in the living room at home. Um, so I was trying to watch it in between my parents coming in, um, which was risky because it got to the Robert Patterson wanking over a mermaid scene, um, and I was like, I was really hoping that he'd ejaculate sooner, and um, so I was kind of egging him on, but he didn't. That was about five minutes of Robert Patterson wanking. I'd say they showed it like one too many times as well. I seem to remember it happening three times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think maybe like the, the second time we would have got the gist that, you know, maybe it was a regular recurrence. And I don't yeah. think we needed, you know, the third. No. So, yeah, that, that was a lot of stopping and starting from both Robert Patterson and, and me watching the film. Um, did you like all the farting? There was fart. Was there farting? I just remember Willem Dafoe farting all the time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that. I remember the horn. The horn was incredible. I yeah. watched it in the cinema. It rattled my bones. <laughs> uh, I wish I'd seen it at the cinema, actually. That would have been lit. Proper 4 3 artsy film. Yeah. It's a good one. It is a good one. I see. I'm now conflicted about watching it for the first time. Because on the one hand, it sounds interesting and I want to watch it. On the other hand, fuck off. <laughs> I just, it's, not. It is like, it's really, it's good. Like, you know. Yeah. The, the, right. mer- the mermaid scenes, they do have <laughs> context. They are, they're not just there for the sake of it. Like, well, there's, yeah. there's, contact, there's context for Robert Pattinson having a wank. So. <laughs> okay. Fine. I need to remember not really getting the ending at all, though. Like, it just kind of... Okay, right. Um, Life of Pablo. Oh, my God, Life of Pablo. Life of Pablo is incredible. Like, actually, Life of Pablo came from... I'm going to get into proper Kanye West lore now. Life of Pablo was originally So Help Me God, and I've listened to So Help Me God, and everyone said it was really good. It's like, it was. I listened to the unreleased version that ended up online somewhere. And I'm going to be honest, it wasn't regular at all. Like, <laughs> there's two tracks in it that I good, and everyone always hypes it up. Uh, I feel like that's amazing. If you haven't listened to it, highly recommend. Just the song, I feel like that, genuinely. But yeah, Life of Pablo, I think the entire album is pretty much him deciding whether he wants to go with his family life or the life of the classic rap rock lifestyle with supermodels and... And so that's why on the, on the album cover, you've got the, the black family and then you've got the supermodel. And with which one? Because it's him deciding which one he wants to go with. Uh, I think it was crowdfunded. Might be wrong with that. It was a crowdfund because it, it came from when Mr. West wasn't doing so well financially. And then he crowdfunded it, released it digitally. And the first version came out and it was a bit naff. There wasn't like no songs in it. And then... He finished it with the final song, St. Pablo, which is just an incredible telling pretty much his entire life in a six-minute rap. Not a six-minute rap. Yeah, I like it. It's a good album. Everyone thinks that no one's heard it, but everyone's heard it. It's... <laughs> is this, like, your favourite Kanye West album? Oh, no, that's Ye, by far. Okay. I've, listened, I've listened to Ye more times than I can count. Uh, it's... At, Life of Pablo is probably a better album musically, but Yay is my favourite album, personally. I, I've still yet to listen to any Kanye West albums in full. Maybe, maybe I'll use this as an opportunity to do that. 
Life yeah. of Pablo is a good place to start, actually. Because it's got a lot of Kanye-ness in it. It's a 2016 like, album with skits in it as well, which is rare. Well, not really skits, like intermission breaks. Like oh, Silver Surfer intermission. Oh, oh, Silver Surfer intermission. Easy, easy, what's good? It's your boy, Max B. You a wavy dude. <laughs> Keep on being wavy. We gonna be a tsunami in here. And also the track that he re- he almost certainly recorded just in his car on his way to the studio. I love Kanye. Was that a dig at Drake? I feel like no, that was it. A dig at Drake. That was uh, Lift Yourself. Yeah. No, that was brilliant. That, 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 that isn't on the album. I think that was just a track that he released. But it had this the best like beat you've ever heard in your life. And then he just goes... Poop diddy scoop. Scoop diddy whoop. He could have said the, he, he, I think he made a deal to send it to Drake and then he just did that over it instead and released it. Yeah. And then he said, oh yeah, it, it, I think he said multiple times to Drake, oh no, it's nothing to do with you, but like, <laughs> it is. It obviously is. Yeah. Jo- I mean, th- I think that was a, like, that was about the time that like Drake and Pusha T were going back and forth. Yeah. Quite because that was from Daytona, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. From Infrared was a whole like thing about Drake using ghostwriters. And then and then Drake hit back with, oh yeah, well I've sold loads of albums and I'm bigger than you'll ever be. <laughs> <laughs> and you you don't really you haven't really done all the things that you rap about. And then Push T came back with "You're a shit dad, just like your dad was." <laughs> before, before Drake had even announced the fact that he had a child. Uh, I think Daytona came out in 2018. That was when Kanye was working on Daytona production, Kissy Ghost, Yay, and the Nas album Nasia. Yeah, he had four albums in at once. Yeah, he released like four albums all in the space of like four weeks. That he was like, that he was on in some way, or at least fully produced. Uh, and there was another album later that year as well. I think it's from Tayana Taylor called KTSE, which isn't a rap album. It's more R and B. Good production. Most of the songs are sort of mediocre. I feel like um, Rose in Harlem is really good though from that album. Right. So that's that's all your things done, Dan. I'm done. Yeah. So. You- you can you can leave the call now. <laughs> oh, yep, he's, oh, he's gone. gone, and yeah. his dungarees look really. Stupid. He's going out the fire exit. Oh no, he's <laughs> and he's back. He's back, ladies and gentlemen, My sitting down gone. at his computer, and we're going to talk about sets links now. Oh, okay, yeah, go for it. What do you, what do you what do you fancy? Let's talk about Pusher Two. Oh, Pusher Two. Have, have either of you seen the Pusher trilogy? Okay, they're really well. I say they are all really good. I've seen Pusher One and Two so far. Um, they're directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, who's obviously better known for Drive, which mm-hmm. is a very different film to this Pusher trilogy. It's it's a lot more um, mainstream and cinematic than this Pusher trilogy. I mean, th- I mean, it's the Pusher trilogy is like subtle, you know, like like cinematically, um, but it, it's very rough around the edges, very raw, gritty about Pusher, so a, a drug dealer who basically gets himself in a lot of shit and in the same way that like Uncut Gems just 
rolls and rolls and picks up speed and stresses you out. This is one of those films. It's got Mads Mikkelsen in it, who is the lead character in, in this Pusher 2. So it's a Danish film with Danish actors. It's in Danish. Um, but it's it's really good. And at the end, well, well, basically the whole film is about Mads Mikkelsen getting into trouble, but it's also about his relationship with his father. Um, and at the end, his father basically asks him to kill his um, stepmother so that his father can have custody of their other child. Um, and Matt Mickelson almost fucks his stepmother. And then right at the end of the film, you know, in the same way that train spotting ends with you and McGregor running off with the money and you think, OK, this, you know, this could be the start of a redemption story. This film ends with Matt Mickelson stealing a baby. Of course it does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how Ice Age starts. So yeah. <laughs> that's true. Is Ice Age one of your other films? This would be very easy. <laughs> No, no, unfortunately. Although we haven't talked about Ice Age on here before. I don't know why. Ice Age is brilliant. Because it's very forgettable. Oh, no, come on. I don't think it is brilliant. I think we all think it's brilliant, but if we actually sat down and watched it, I don't think any of us would actually enjoy it. Ice Age 2, though. Ice Age... I still hold in my heart that everyone has a copy of Ice Age 2 in their house somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It is dog, though. It is worse. It is the worst one, surely. You don't have Ice Age no, 1. No, you don't the have worst Ice Age 2. You have are, Ice Age the ones after number 3. Yeah, absolutely. Dawn no, of the Dinosaurs. Number 3 is brilliant. Yeah. Number 1 is is a nostalgia fest, and 2 is fine. Mm. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, watch this Pusher trilogy because it's really good. Um, the first two are on Amazon Prime, and you might have to get Mubi. Do your seven day free trial for the last one, which I'll be doing you know, in a couple of days. But yeah, check them out. Great directing, great acting, great story. Push a two, like, like push a T, but with a two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you like, yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, push. I, I'm pretty sure push a T must have gotten his name from the fact that he used to sell dope. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. I, what what I I've seen the first two, but I still don't know quite what the difference is between a pusher and a deal. I mean, like a pusher, what pushes the deals? I don't know. I don't think you're talking to the right people. Yeah. <laughs> we're all we're, we're all white boys from the middle of the countryside. I don't yeah. think I'd know where to buy drugs, Seth. <laughs> but I will just say, the best thing about this film is Mads Mikkelsen, throughout the whole thing, is walking around with a tattoo on the back of his head that says respect. So he's got a shaved head and you can see that respect tattoo. And that just gets more and more ironic as the film goes out because nobody respects him at all they all treat him like shit they all call him you know dickhead useless twat he has zero respect and as an audience viewer you also have no respect for him but you want to you you do want to but it's just so funny okay let's talk about silas mana silas mana i finished this a couple weeks ago so that's why i've tried to squeeze it in um, it's written by George Eliot, who obviously isn't actually George Eliot. She was a woman who wrote under the name George Eliot. Um, so this came out in like 1861. Um, it's about Silas Marner, who is a weaver, and he goes to a town, um, gets his money nicked, and then instead of his money, his money is kind of replaced with a child that he finds wandering around outside. So he, he steals ha- a baby. No, oh, oh, does he steal a baby? 
No, he doesn't still. What happens is, is he finds the. I made it sound like he bought the baby. I will just say <laughs> that you didn't buy the baby. His money was stolen, and then he happened upon a wandering um, babe that he um, stole. That he didn't. St- his the, the the mother of the baby was dead in a bush. Um, so he took the baby in, <laughs> and this why is this why is this so amusing? You made fun of my storytelling earlier. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Okay, yeah, okay. Goes to town, gets gets robbed, and then finds a woman dead in the bush, and then steals her baby. Doesn't steal the baby. Doesn't steal. Doesn't steal. He sees the baby as as kind of recompense for his his stolen money, and the the baby then brings him a lot more joy than the money gave him. Um, but the thing is, he never has both money and the baby. They always, oh god, that's not even. <laughs> so he gets robbed, but at least he got baby. Yeah, he got baby. <laughs> so he he sees a dead mother, and yeah. he's gone. I've just been robbed, and there's a baby right here. You know what? Fuck it, I'll well, take the baby. It walks into his house. Uh, he leaves his door open because he's an idiot, which is how he gets his money fucking stolen in the first place. Because he fucking leaves his door open. Um, so he leaves his door open. The baby wanders in. He finds the baby sitting by the fireplace. He thinks, you know, act of divine intervention. I've got to now raise this baby, which he does. After saying, I found a baby, does anyone want to claim it? To which the, the real father who's having an affair with an upper class aristocrat kind of says, oh, no, that's not, that's not my kid. That's not my dead, you know, sighting. And, you know, no one claims a baby. So he claims a baby. And then at the end of the book, the real daddy wants to claim his 18 year old girl because she's now kind of hot and, you know, she's got potential. But got potential. Know. What do, what the fuck does that mean? Well, like got Silas Marner is, is you know it's all about class. Silas Marner is like a weaver, so he's like working lower class, and his her daddy is you know big boy lord. Um, so he said like if I take this my daughter, I can raise her to great heights instead of letting her slum it. Any more questions? I'm happy to. I'm happy to. <laughs> so, so you say he stole the baby. But I the did baby not say. Just he... Walked into his house. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So the baby wandered into his house, and he decided to keep it. How old is the baby? The baby was about three. Epi, and then we we don't hear any more from Epi until. Well, no, the book kind of jumps. So we get it when he gets a baby, and then it jumps about eighteen years to when Epi is eighteen. No, so it jumps fifteen years. Yeah, it jumps fifteen years to when Epi is eighteen, and then we we get the rest of the story. So okay, the ba- so... so technically he did steal the baby because the baby didn't have like the conscious choice to, hey, I'm going to move in with this person. The baby's just like, oh, oh look, open door. And he's like, oh, you're mine now. So, <laughs> he so, the baby. so the baby did did classic toddler thing is, and it saw an open door and it wandered through it. Yes, and but, he just he just shut the door behind it. And went, you're mine now. Yeah, but he was very open with Epi from when she could understand him. He said, "Look, I will just say I found your mother dead in a bush, and you were by the fireplace. Um, your real dad is out there somewhere." But he was more of a father figure to her than anything. He was a great dad. She loved him. He gave her the choice at the end. He said, "Look, if you want to go off with your real father now that he's revealed himself, do it, or you can stay with me, Silas Minor." And she chooses him because she loves him a lot. And it's not any Stockholm syndrome or anything like that. I, it's just a really sweet book. Well, I mean, it's not going to be Stockholm syndrome, is, is, is it? Because it's not like he's taken her hostage. He's just adopted her. Yeah. Yes. That's he has adopted her. He has not stolen her. He hasn't. 
you know, trapped. He's a doctor uh, tell without any paperwork. Yeah, so yeah, but openly. that just sounds like you know stealing. But it's sort of like holds holds baby up. Anyone want? No, okay, I'm gonna take Missing it. Missing baby. Of God. Yeah, mum found de- dead in bush. Yeah, <laughs> how did the no mum die? No other defining traits. Um, something like pneumonia. Why did she die in a bush? She, was she walking, died of pneumonia. She was walking she was out cold. in the cold, and yeah, she was very cold. Why did the baby not die? I can't. I can't remember. Maybe the baby was wrapped in warm stuff. Wearing a coat. <laughs> Clothes. Yeah, wearing wearing a duffel coat. But the mother wasn't. The mother who had you know. You, you <laughs> okay. Look. Fucking. I don't know how the mother died, but she died in a bush. It was cold. It was night. I think it was probably something like. It might. Just, oh, mate. I think it might have just been a heart attack. Actually, thinking about it. Yeah. Possibly just a heart attack, but that's it's not really important. Let's not get hung up on the on on the details. Right. Well, I think we've got a bit co- too caught up on <laughs> the dead baby thing. Well, the baby's not dead. The baby's, the baby's stolen. Dead. The mother's no, dead. You're right. The baby's not dead. Um. So what I meant to say was, what the fuck is going on? Well, it's not so that complex. The baby wanders in, and then Silas Minor takes it as an act of God, raises this baby out of the you know goodness of his heart, and it kind of redeems him because he's a bit of a greedy money snatcher, shallow person. But then he becomes wholesome through being a father. So it's like... he was a, a money snatcher sort of person. What? Well, not not a money snatcher, but a, a he money. He got all his money stolen, didn't he? Yeah. So he was a money hoarder. His money he used to counter every night. Um, used to count the gold. It was kind of an obsession, and it was like a very, it was very um shallow, and all that stuff. And then the baby, you know, kind of redeemed him a bit. Okay. Um, I think we should probably move on. Okay. This. Yeah. Do you think so, Dan? Yeah. If if there is a stolen baby in the next one, <laughs> please don't tell me your link is that a baby is stolen in every single one of these. No, surprisingly, because like I say, the fucking baby wasn't stolen. She wasn't <laughs> adopted. Well, you know, you could argue that it's just willingly stolen. I... <laughs> the baby was willingly stolen. Yeah, like... No, maybe uh... openly, like, openly stolen, fine. Like, <laughs> like, he was open about it. He said, I am taking this baby if no one wants the baby so yeah i mean go for that openly stolen yeah fine okay i'm glad i'm glad we came to the bottom of that and what do you want to talk about next is there a baby stolen in mulan um no why why not i haven't got around to it oh actually a brilliant piece of cinema as well as just a good Disney film. Like, there are some absolutely incredible shots in that. Yeah, Mulan is based on, um, kind of based on a, a true thing that happened where this, um, woman called Far Mulan, um, f- uh, chose to, well, chose, she decided that she would, uh, dress up as a man so she could join the army so her dad wouldn't have to. So that's basically what, what, what the film's about. And there's a lot of Chinese culture in it with uh, sort of ancestors and, and spirits um, and Eddie Murphy. 
Um, and it's it's basically about the the fight with what are they called the Hun, isn't it? At this point, it's yeah, yeah. So it it's the Chinese army and the Emperor's army against the Hun. Um, so we get some really cool battle scenes in it um, as well. There's this one on a mountain, which is fun. Um, yeah, so it, it's a good film. It's got some great songs in it. You know, Reflection being the bigger one. I'll make a man out of you. Another good one. Um, there has been some speculation that it's slightly racist now, um, but I don't. I mean, that that scans. I mean, it's Disney history. Yeah, so it's. I mean, it's probably. And I feel like there was even some controversy over the new Mulan because there weren't many actual Chinese actors and actresses in it. Well, I mean, the the, the lead actress um, supports the Chinese government. Oh, right. That might have been where that sprang from. So yeah, people didn't like her because of that. Some people did like her because that it's like a. It's almost like it's a debate on politics. Politics. Yeah, that. Yeah, that thing. Jay, you should watch Mulan though. It's fun. It does okay. like a. Isn't it? It's like a massive shift halfway through, isn't there? Like as soon as it's like all happy and all training, jumping about, and then they just wander through this village and just everyone's dead. Yeah. And it's like. Ah. <laughs> uh, film... Just wondering, does does the Hun refer to the Mongols? I think so. There's a lot of horseback riding and arch- yeah. I think archers. So. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, that makes sense. They, they were they were famously quite brutal. I think Genghis Khan ended up fathering like three hundred children. I think one of us should be related to him. Yeah, something like that. That's like that's a that's a classic history fact, isn't it? Did you know? Genghis Khan. Had a lot of sex. Genghis Khan <laughs> raped everything that moved, essentially. Yeah. Nasty man. Yeah. It's kind of kind of glad that when he died, everything died with him, to be honest. Yeah. It wasn't exactly the most stable. In the, in the classic way of um, sort of in the Chinese region where you get one person who builds up an enormous empire and then they die and everything collapses. Yeah. And that happened for about a thousand years. He used to have a horseback riders that could ride across the entire China in just like a couple of days. It was they'd ride the the, the rider would ride from stable to stable, and he gets the stable, and he just hop off his horse and get another one. It's like <laughs> it's like just jump in between them. Okay, so we've talked about Mulan, and there's no stolen babies. I'm sure his mom. But there is you. a woman pretending to be a man. <laughs> oh, well spotted. Yeah, I suppose there is. Shut up, sir. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the farewell. I don't really want to now, but okay. Um, The farewell, 2019 film. It's it's an A24 film, like The Lighthouse and stuff, and Uncut Gems. Some of my favourite films are A24 films. They're really they're really slapping it recently. Um, So it's directed by Lulu Wang, um, and it's based on her life experiences as well, actually. And the whole film kind of centers around a family who have from China, who well Ch- Chinese American family, who are deciding whether or not to tell their grandma, the grandma in the family, that she has cancer, or whether to not tell her that she has cancer. Because apparently, in the Chinese culture, when a family member gets cancer, they tell they don't tell that you know person with the cancer. They tell a family member, and the family will decide collectively whether it's appropriate to tell 
um, the person have cancer. And often it's decided that it's best not to tell the person. Um, that's like the done thing. So this is like a clash between like the American way of, you know, medication and like the, you know, American morals versus Chinese morals, basically. Um, and it, it's got that uh, Aquafina in it, you know, the one from Crazy Rich Agent and stuff. She's she's very cool. She's a good actress. Um, yeah, it's a good film. What do you it's... think about that? About um, if if you had cancer or maybe if, if a relative had cancer, would you want to tell the relative regardless or would you rather it was a joint decision from everyone else? I'd want them to be the first person to know. Their life, isn't it? Yeah. It's the same as my life. If I, I, w- I would want to know first and then I want to choose who to tell. Mm. That makes sense. That's, what, that's how I would prefer it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, in the film, they probably side with telling the family first um, because I will just spoil the end. So, spoilers, um, the land survives for another 10 years mm. after not being told. That's interesting. So, it makes you think, like, if she was told, like, would would she have lived for that 10 years? I don't really know how that kind of stuff works, but... Chance is very changeable. Well, it's yeah. like, then are you spending every waking moment expecting that person to die, whereas they're just kind of like, it's almost like their life has become, I don't know, everyone knows, they're, they're kept out of, like, their own business. Yeah, mm-hmm. that they're sense. totally kept out. In the film, they have to, um, what they do is they arrange a family reunion and they make up an excuse getting the whole family together to see the to see the grandma and the excuse is that one of the family members is getting married so they actually put on a fake wedding just so that they can get the family all together like subtly um so they don't draw attention to the fact that she has cancer yeah it's 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 dark comedy um but also it's weird. a comedy <laughs> it's, it's a what I mean, actually, I don't. I probably wouldn't. Yeah, it's probably not good to call it a comedy. I mean, it, it's funny in places, um, but also sad in places, as you'd expect. Is there a baby that gets stolen in it willingly? In the fair, what? No, no, there no. isn't. Okay. No. Is there anyone pretending to be a member of the opposite sex? Uh, no, there isn't. No. Like I say, there's there's a lot of stuff and, that is similar between these, but there's one specific. Well, not even that specific thing that I'm thinking of. And in 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 Mulan, she joins the army so her dad doesn't have to, right? Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah. So she basically makes the decision for him, almost. You could you could argue. Yeah, in a way. I mean, I think in the film, I don't know about in real life, but in the film, her dad's like um, crippled, isn't he? He's, and he's quite old. So she knows that if he joins the army, he will probably die. Right. Which is why well, she, she nicks his armour and sword and goes and fights. He had some pretty cool armour. He did have some cool armour, yes. Yeah. I would steal it. And a good sword. Yes. Had all that Chinese writing on it that looked great. So I don't know what what the link is. There's something to do with someone's choice of being, yeah, someone's, there's a bit, there's, there's not a baby, it could be anyone, it could be an old person or a young person. Okay, 
What was the end of Pusher 2 again? Um, He steals the baby that may or may not be his baby. Okay, who's who are the who are the known parents of this baby? Um, the known mother is someone that he had sex with nine months before, but he just refused to do a DNA test, so he just ended up not doing one. So we don't actually we we assume that he might be the father, but I mean, there's no concrete evidence. And besides which, he still steals the baby. Um, right. Do you want me to tell you what, what? What should I tell you? The link or the odd one out? Tell us the odd one out. Okay, the odd one out is the farewell. Spanner in the works. You guys can get this, and when you don't get it, you will be pissed off because I have said it, and you've kind of said it without saying it. Stolen baby. (laughs) Okay, simplify what you have. Stolen. Stolen life. No, Jay? Stolen. She steals the swords and only all the gear. Stolen mummy, stolen baby, stolen mummy, hello. (laughs) Stolen money, stolen baby, and stolen um, armour. Yeah, it's theft. Stealing is is the link. And stolen life in the farewell. Yeah, no, that wasn't wasn't part of it. But nice. That wasn't part of it, Dan. That's the odd one out. So it doesn't fit the link. Yeah, well, it does fit the link. But they they didn't steal her life. Okay. Yeah, that was it. Theft and stealing. Well done. You kind of got that. You get, what, two points each? Yeah. Oh, so Jay, you're on four. I'm on two. Dan, you're also on two. I'm on five. Are you... F- oh, got, yeah, got sorry. got Dan's one out and his link. Yeah, so I'm on three. Dan, you're on two. Jay, you're on five. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. Right, Jay. Yeah. It's, it's your time to shine. Dan, what, what do you want to ask Jay about first? Jay, I don't know what any of these are. <laughs> I have never heard of a single one of these. Three of, well, two of them are alliteration. Well, every single in. You got Headhunters, Early Hancock, and Sonic Soul Surfer by C60. But you, Hunky Dory David Bowie. What's going on there? Double D in the middle. And then mean Streets. Mean Streets Martin Scorsese. But then that links all four, so that can't be it. Nice one. Nice one, us. Shall no, we? Come on. Do you want to actually talk about them for a little bit? Not really, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just want to look at the names, Jay, really. I, I yeah. just want to. <laughs> With your last few links, Jay, I feel like our best shot is looking at the names. Okay, you can carry on looking at the names if you want. Okay, thank you. Headhunters. Headhunters are looking for heads. What has a head? A baby. What can you steal? Oh. A baby. Where would a baby be stolen? On a mean street. On a mean on a mean street by a hunky dory. Yeah. Final answer. Lock in. <laughs> this is for the million pounds. <laughs> yeah. I'd love what? someone to just have verbal diarrhea on who wants to be a millionaire on the million pound question. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> that would be amazing. I tell you what, shall we talk about? Let Let's go for Hunky Dory David Bowie, if that's okay, Jay. I want to talk about that first too. Hunky Dory David Bowie. Mm. We're talking about Hunky Dory David Bowie. Yes, please. Oh, I love Hunky Dory David Bowie. It's great. I love it. Um, I you would hun- say you said it a lot. What? You said the name Hunky Dory a lot. Hunky Dory David Bowie. Well, I mean, that is something that you're picking up on, so why would I not just continue saying it, lead you down a 
lead you down a back alley. Yeah. Oh, Shiv. Naughty. I'm not leading. Da- I'm not leading you down that back alley. Oh, okay. That can be- I lead my? I, I I can find my own way through there. I think. You can find your own way through that back alley. Yes. Do you need a torch? Ooh, well, um, judging by earlier conversations, it's not hard to get in. Yeah, I'll just have a glow in the dark condom. That's on the bucket list, even just by myself, just to wear one. <laughs> you just want to wear a glow in the dark condom? <laughs> just. <laughs> Dan's just passed out. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like just to look down and just just see it all glowing in the dark there would be would be a fun thing to do. Right. Okay. Should we talk about Hunky Dory? Yeah. Then? No. Let Let's talk about that. So, what what tracks are on this album that I that I might know? Andy Warhol. Oh, really? Fun. Yeah, Andy Warhol's on this album, uh, and that is an amazing track. Um, but I I would say I think this is fair to say that Hunky Dory David Bowie is a perfect album. Is it his first album? It's early, isn't it, Tom? It's it is relatively early, nineteen seventy one. Oh, okay, yeah. But it is after um, Space Oddity, mm. so it's not like nobody knew about him at this point. This was, I think, this was like where he was coming into his his absolute prime. Hmm. Um, I mean, you've got you've got so so many amazing tracks on here. You've got it opens with changes. Oh. Yeah, instant winner, Shrek 2. And then, Oh You Pretty Things. Oh, Wait. you pretty thing, pretty thing. That's not a bad David Bowie impression. Apart from the fact... I've got you... a really good David Bowie impression. Go on. <laughs> God. It's me, David Bowie. Hello, it's me, David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> I've never... Have, you heard my... Have you heard my song, Space Hunter Day? That, that's amazing. I, just I hate feel... you, Dan. <laughs> You're so obsessed with your David Bowie impression. It sounds fuck all like David Bowie. It's just your voice, but quieter. That's not what I think he sounds like. That's but you just said you've like never listened. You just said you've never listened to a David Bowie album, and you do like a David Bowie impression. Where, where is, it? is this from? The Labyrinth. I can't ever watch the labyrinth. I don't think I've I don't think I've been exposed to much David. Oh, you mean you said Changes was David Bowie and Shrek album? I didn't know that was David Bowie. Yeah, like, in... generally. Yeah. Is yeah. it a cover? No. Uh, the Shrek one is a. Uh, it's a. Um. It's it's got bu- butterfly culture featuring on it, so it's kind of. All right. It's a bit of a like a remix. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, I can go about about the songs in here. Eight line poem isn't one that. Fully rings a my, rings a bell in my head. Life on Mars. Oh yeah, That's... probably one of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah, exactly. And one of the um, greatest shows of all time. Yeah, you got um, Kooks, which is great. Which I think is basically like there's a couple of guys and they meet someone and they invite her to um, to just travel around with them. You go, we're just a couple of Kooks. <laughs> Singing our song, it's great. Every every single song, Andy Warhol is a fantastic song. I don't think I've actually heard that song. I really, I want to. Okay, yeah, you should. Queen bitch, the Bewley Brothers closes out the album perfectly. Everything about this album, I love it. It's so good, and the cover is so iconic. Remind me of the cover where he's where he's holding his hair back, and it's all multicolored. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 
So this this is your favorite Bowie, I'm guessing. Yeah, this is my favorite Bowie. Okay. Do you know what? I actually might give that a listen because you should. It's like a it. classic. Yeah. Um, what else? What? I've not really got anything else to say about it. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's like it is like the midpoint. Not like the midpoint because he had such a long career, but it's not like it's not like he was an unknown force before this point. David Bowie. I mean, we could talk about David Bowie for ages just because he's such a strange, weird guy. He was, wasn't he? I mean, David Bowie as like a as like a portrayal of a masculinity throughout all of the ages is like it was so um revolutionary for the time basically how you can be at it actually a, a such a brilliant picture of what masculinity could look like it's i mean he's incredible as a human being mm. yeah his, his impact is like unimaginable to be doing what he was doing when he was doing it it's just i don't know it's brave almost like it's like it would have been very easy for him just to get absolutely shut out by the industry and never have another album again but he just smashed it what david bowie almost represents to me is like if punk was sustainable i don't know yeah when i was talking about david bowie being a strange guy i was talking i was meaning his 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 relationship he had with space and aliens and his sort of, well not fascination almost like an obsession that he had with like the extraterrestrial and i mean i feel like he tried wasn't there a thing where he tried to convince people he was an alien or they were i can't remember but I t- yeah. the flight of the con got some berries in space. <laughs> their, oh, Bowie, yeah. their Bowie impressions are. <laughs> I think that's where I got the David Berry thing from. I think Bowie's that's it. Berries in space. Berries <laughs> in space. <laughs> oh, what you doing out there, man? Is it cold out in space, Bowie? Does it make your nipples go hard? Use <laughs> <laughs> your pointy nipples as telescopic antenna to transfer data back to Earth. <laughs> you Yo, bastard, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that entire song pretty much encapsulates my feelings towards David Bowie. Absolute <laughs> icon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I think... I feel like we're, we could talk about David Bowie for... Years, yeah. He was, he was like a big proponent of the internet in like 1996. <laughs> but like when it was just a thing, he was like, "Yeah, no, I'm I'm getting everything into the internet. It's gonna be incredible." <laughs> and he was like talking to um, he's like channel the Channel Four equivalent. Oh no, I think he was talking to Jeremy Paxman about it. And Jeremy Paxman was just like, "Oh yeah, okay. Well, I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out." It's, it's an interesting position. They're like, "Yeah, yeah no, no, I believe." <laughs> it's just, inc- it's just incredible. Yeah. What, what, what do you fancy now, Dan? 
I mean, uh, Sonic Soul Surfer. Like, who what? even is C sixty? Why does he like the letter S? Yeah, what, what else can I say? I don't know what's going on there. Okay, so C six Steve, I I do to I do quite like like the triple alliteration there. I do think it's pretty cool. Um, but <laughs> you both basically just looked down and started writing as soon as Literation. I said alliteration. Tits, <laughs> you absolute idiots. Um, but I mean. Seth has had a, Seth has had an epiphany. My Go goodness. on, talk about this. Let's talk. Uh, I can shed. I can tell you what I'm thinking afterwards. But yeah, okay. who who is Steve? Okay, so C6 Steve um, was a mu- is a musician, a blues musician, um, who is in like his 60s or 70s now, I think, um, and has like travel, <laughs> and was essentially like a hippie roadman type thing for years and years and years, like all the way through the 70s. It's just like that sort of free spirit sort of thing. Um, And like in the mid-2000s, started making blues music and was um, brought to the forefront of people's attention by Jules Holland primarily, unlike, you know, later with Jules Holland. Mm. And also by Chris Evans, the radio Chris Evans was also is also a, a huge fan of um, C6 Steve, and so they both basically propelled him to certainly UK fame. So this album came out in 2015. Um, definitely like the midpoint of C6 Steve's like height of success. Like. Um, I started off with nothing and I still got most of it left with I think his first big album that came out in like 2008 and then you got um, Can't Teach an Old Dog New Tricks like 2013 which I think is my favourite of his Um, and then this came out in 2015 I listened to it when it came out it's really like up tempo like, like a moving train which is a motif that comes up in a lot of his music because that's how they used to get around a lot of the time when they were like moving from state to state you'd like hop on the bumper carts of of trains um and get and basically like cross states like that sometimes it's it's a re- it's a really good album it's a bit long i feel like and it, i don't think it's his best but uh, it's still really good, and it's still really keep in keeping with all the things that he naturally brings to his music. Wasn't he on top yet? Yes, he was. Hey, he was one of the first guests on uh, Chris Evans' Top Gear. Oh, he was. All, I think he was also in the original as well. With because I remember him talking with uh, Clarkson. Clarkson. I remember. Uh, <laughs> talking about Clarkson about how he got his name, it wasn't it? Was he was on like a boat or something, and then someone made a joke about him being seasick. Oh, yeah, sounds not, right. very, not very exciting story to be honest, but you know, no. But that's like how names are nicknames distributed in secondary school, isn't it? You do one thing once, and that that's it. I mean, the, I mean, I just remember wearing a bow tie to a party once, and then being called bow tie for the rest of my school experience. You know, that's just. 
I mean, I I shook Yusuf's hand once in in year twelve with a with a bit of a sweaty palm. Sweaty hand for two years. Sweaty hand. Oh my god, sweaty didn't, hand. I didn't make it that. any better. Made it worse. <laughs> Bastards. Okay, well, look, Dan, I I think it's something to do with. I think we were kind of right on the first joking alliteration side because headhunters. Herbie Hancock, that's kind of double illustration. Headhunters, Herbie Hancock. And then Mean Streets, Martin Scorsese, that's MSMS. Um, and then Sonic Soul Surface, E6 Steve, is all of that. It's like the double alliteration, well, triple alliteration as well. So I think it's double alliteration or more is, is, is what I'm feeling. But I. But not you know, David Bowie, because David Bowie isn't. HD. Yeah, that would be the odd one out, I think. I don't think that's right. <laughs> Judging by what Jay looks like. Well, I wasn't looking at Jay. What was he doing? He was blank. Oh, uh, yeah, like okay. the spitting image of the new, like the neutral emoji, like genuinely. You could, let me screenshot this. Okay, Dan, if you don't want to back me on that, that's fine. I wonder that I just there was a I looked this up and there was a remaster of Hunky Dory in 2015, and Sonic. Cell Surfer also came out in 2015. So if another one came out in 2015, then all of them came out in 2015. I mean, Mean Streets definitely didn't. I don't know what Headhunters is. Um, should we go for that one? Let's talk about Headhunters next time. Yeah, what's this? What's head? What's Headhunters and who's Herbie Hancock? Okay, so Headhunters is um, a Herbie Hancock album. Herbie Hancock was a is a jazz pianist um, who worked with Miles Davis through the 50s um, and was part of his quintet for a long time or for a few years. And during the 70s, basically pioneered almost a new sound of jazz. I think it might be fair to say a more electronic sound. So this album consists of four tracks um the first one being chameleon which is 15 minutes long and brilliant the second one is a watermelon man which herbie hancock wrote years and years before gave to another person to play um and then took it back to himself a while and he's done so many versions of it and it's such a a fresh take on like his own song that was like 15 years old at this point. Um, there's a couple of others on there. I think one of them is Vane Melter. And I can't remember the last track's name. And it's not Headhunters. Anyway, it's not important. What It's basically, so it came out in 1973. And was, I think, as far as I'm aware, one of the first examples of a more electronic sound. Um, I think it's brilliant. I think it's my favourite of his albums. I've listened to a lot of them. I think one of his more famous albums is Future Shock, which really cemented the whole electronica and sampling genre. Because uh, there's, there's little bits of samples in there as well, I think. Um... It's a perfect. I think it's just a perfect album. I think it's brilliant, and it's yeah. one of the it's one of the first ever ja- jazz albums that I listened to as well. Oh, nice! 
and he is he Herbie Hancock is uh, probably my favorite jazz artists or, or the one one of the ones I hold you know closest to my heart because he's one of the first ones I listen to and some of the first pieces some of the first little bits of saxophone that I learned were bits of Herbie Hancock like um, yeah Watermelon Man and Cantaloupe Island as well I think was one of his hmm. so, if you had to think of a really general statement that could easily link to three other, to two other perhaps <laughs> albums from artists that you were very interested in what would you say well, if I was going to try and link Headhunters with Sonic Soul Surfer and Hunky Dory, it would be quite difficult because Headhunt- Headhunters is still a jazz album, and jazz and blues, which is what Sonic Soul Surfer is, like ha- share the same roots. So I guess you could link them both there. Hunky Dory... I would say, in in a similar way to the way Headhunters was, is sort of, you know, it's it's a it's almost a little bit revolutionary in that it's pushing the envelope in a completely new direction. But Sonic Soul Surfer doesn't do that at all. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Of. I was thinking of along the lines of like revolutionary sounds, or maybe, I mean, you you said the word perfect for both Hunky Dory and Headhunters, so. I'm kind of wondering if you think Mean Streets by Scorsese is a perfect film. Did it come out in 1975 by any chance or not? Uh, mean Streets came out in 1973. Oh, so it would have been the same, same year as Headhunters. Head yeah, and then that was 2015. Or okay, anyway. Yeah, I haven't seen Mean Streets. Um, so what's that about? You You really should watch Mean Streets. So Scorsese obviously is very famous for his sort of gangster films. Um, and it isn't quite a gangster film, but it's set in Little Italy in the in the early 70s. So around the same time that the film was made, it's sort of set. And it follows a few, like, 20-year-old, like, mid-20s guys all sort of grifting and working in those sort of circles-ish. Um, like petty criminals, some with gang affiliations, some not. Um, all sort of going about their lives. but and, and things sort of come to a head when Robert De Niro's character, I think, tries to pay off a loan in a slightly more adventurous way. Than um, than you traditionally would, because I don't think he can pay him. From what I remember, is it with a baby? That's no. <laughs> um, in in that there's, I can't remember the actor's name. He was also like one of the Harvey Keitel. That's it. Who who is in um, Reservoir Dogs? He's one of the leads in Reservoir Dogs. Um. There's a lot of stuff in there about him being Catholic and trying to to be a better Christian, essentially, um, and being you know honourable, respectful man, whilst also completely failing to be that and being sort of degenerates. 
Um, yeah, not quite a gangster film in the same way that Goodfellas was from Scorsese. Um, it's a really good film. I don't know that it's perfect. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I think I saw it when it was like on at like 11 o'clock on BBC Two, like a couple <laughs> of the... years ago. You know, something's quite cheap. It's on at 11 o'clock on BBC Two. BBC, BBC... Four is even better. BBC be Two is a good channel, and I will hear nothing wrong about it. But um, I mean, it's it was on at 11 o'clock because it's an 18. There's like I think there's some nudity and Ooh. violence. There is... <laughs> What's the name of the film again, Jay? Yeah, <laughs> Mean Streets. Mean Streets. I I really recommend it. I think it is Scorsese's directorial debut. I don't know if he was particularly well known before this. I doubt would, it. Would you say it as revolutionary? I'm not sure that I would describe it as revolutionary. Okay, it, well, it's sort of it's like Scorsese revolutionized the way that you could make films. I think that's fair to say, but I don't know if Mean Streets did that. Okay, um, but it got him into the limelight as it, as his debut. Do you think it got him a certain amount of yeah. credit? Yeah, like people people noticed when this came out. This was this was around the start of De Niro's career as well. And Harvey Keitel's career, and they all went on to do incredible things as well. Yeah, like it was and... only about like four years after this that De Niro won the Oscar for Godfather Part Two, mm. which I think is more accurate to say it revolutionised things. Yeah, in terms of cinema, both both Godfather Godfather Part One and Two revolutionised cinema in their own ways. Yeah, I still haven't seen the third one. I haven't um, yeah, I haven't either. I have okay. <laughs> things. I love that. Um, do you know what I'm thinking now, Dan? I'm thinking like um, stuff that brought people to the attention of the general public. So I mean, like Herbie Hancock was Headhunters, one of his first things that kind of got him media attention. Jay, I don't really, I don't really know. I think like the main. I think Herbie Hancock was already known about in jazz circles because he'd been playing for about 20 years by this point. Mm. And I don't really think it got him like mass media attention. Okay. You know, it's 1973, you know, David Bowie exists. Yeah, but you also but I think, talked to... But I think like 10 years later when Future Shock came out, that had such a... The, the electronica sound from that album categorized the music of that decade almost mm. but you you said how c stick c six steve um did not was not recognized until chris evans and the like kind of brought him to our attention yeah i mean jules holland i think is is mainly where um c six steve you know became a became a hit but that wasn't that wasn't a massive amount of time after he started making music. Mm, okay. I don't. It's not like C Six Steve has like a forty year music career. It's like he existed for like fifty, sixty years, and then started making blues music. And then after like two or three years, Jules Holland picked up on him. Okay. Although like, not like C Six Steve wasn't a musician. For the rest of it, for most of his life, which he was, but like he wasn't releasing albums. 
He was casual. He was like he had like a job, but he did yeah. work side. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, he C six Steve is amazing as well because he can make. He's made guitars like a three string guitar out of a washboard. <laughs> that is fun. And he, plays, and he and he plays it at concerts and stuff. It's incredible. Is that like a electric guitar? Yeah. I, I feel like it'd be fair to say that all of your choices. Like Scorsese, like has been working from the seventies to now. Um, like he's released a stupid amount of films. It's, I feel like it's definitely over twenty now. Surely, I think so. Yeah, and I mean David Bowie, you know, was doing stuff up until Black Star, which was probably about fifty years. Um, Black Star came out three days before he died in twenty sixteen. And yeah, so you and I think Space Oddity came out in like '67. Okay, yeah. So like they've all been doing their thing for fucking ages. Um, yeah, Herbie Hancock's announced a tour. Really? For for next year, I think. So he's been going like 70 years. And C C six Steve that had what like 40 years, maybe. Uh, yeah, probably about uh 40 50 years. He's been sort of, I mean, he's he's like a seventy-year-old man, but I mean, he's been in the the music industry for about fifteen years. Mm. Well, that links all of them, so that's actually not helpful at all. Dan, I don't, I don't know, mate. I, I honestly, I'm a bit stumped. The link is. I'm going to say you, you have been very close. I feel like it's got to be the iteration. It's almost too. Like, yeah, like. It, too coincidental if it's not, or maybe he's just doing it as a red herring. But like, how do you know that many things of alliteration? I don't. I don't know that many films of alliteration. I don't know that many albums of alliteration. You Google some of these. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny how he just. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm still happy to go with like double alliteration at least. But then, Herbie Hancock, I've noticed, has four body parts in his name. <laughs> Oh no no, headhunters. <laughs> Herbie Hancock has, yeah, it's got head, hand, cock, and I found another one earlier. I can't remember what. This is well. Oh, and her. It's got a pronoun as well. Anyway, um, that's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, let's have a look at Hunky Dory. Does it have any body parts in it? Um, no. <laughs> Me. Mm. I think the C6 Steve one. I think that's your red herring, and I can't. Yeah. Say I can't say why. I I just think. I don't think it links to the other ones, and I can't give you a good reason. No, let's go for it. Yeah, Seem- yeah, okay. Is that the other one out, Jay? Sonic, Sonic Soul, Soul Surfer. Mm. Yeah. No, that is not the odd one. Out. Do you want me to give you the odd one out, and then you can guess the link? Yes, please. Okay, the odd one out is Hunky Dory David Bowie. Of course it. Is. So the rest of them are alliteration. MSMS SSS SSS. H, 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 H. Yeah, is it alliteration? Yep. The oh. initials of the things match the initials of the creators. Mark's so Mean Streets is two M. words? Huh? Of course it's two words. So <laughs> <you say> Mean <laughs> Streets is two words? <laughs> I wish I hadn't written it down as one word. Did you notes. write down as one word? Mean Streets. I wrote Mean Streets as one word and then didn't write Martin. So I've got Mean Streets Scorsese, which is just 
stupidly unhelpful when trying to guess this link. Completely my own fault. But yeah, good link. Wow. That was this with this has been a marathon. I'm <laughs> I'm tired now. <laughs> yeah, so what what are the scores? We're counting the scores on the doors. Jay, you get one because oh no, we did get your link in the end. Yeah, okay, fine, you get it. So, so you get an extra two because you got my link in the end. Yeah. I'm on five. I'm on five. Got as well. your link, Seth. Me and Dan got your link. And we also got Dan's link and odd one out. Yeah. So I'm on five. Dan, having got my link and your link but not odd one outs, is on four. And Seth, having not gotten my odd one out, but my link, you get two. And you were on my team for the other one. So you're also on five. Sweet. So, Dan, you suck. This episode is going to get called Stolen Baby. Yes, but it wasn't fucking... I just described it horribly. It's a really sweet book, and I made it out to be really sinister. <laughs> and you two didn't... The man steals a baby! He doesn't fucking steal a baby. He adopts a baby without the paperwork. Well, you know, there's one thing I've learned, is if I ever get pneumonia, don't dive into a bush. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> 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 because you dive into the bush, you die, and so we steal your baby. <laughs> Seth, you look so disappointed. <laughs> just wanted to share this book he really enjoyed. I just feel like it's such a classic book, and we've all just fucking slaughtered it, and I hate us all. You should have said stolen baby. Before, actually, it sounds familiar, but I didn't know how. Because and it's... now I know. It's because it's because he stole a baby. And... He Go left ahead. his door open to get all his money nicked, and then he stole a baby as as compensation. I mean, the baby was on his property, so, I mean, if it was America, he could have shot the kid. <laughs> Where's the book set? England. It, it seemed like... He's, for some, I was listening to the audiobook version, and he's got a Yorkshire act. I can't fucking do it. Cut that bit out. No, 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 he's no, got no, a Yorkshire keep accent. Going, keep going, keep going. Oh, he's from Yorkshire, and he talks like this. That's, that sounds like it's an attempt at Scottish, but That's not even if it is, it's a bad one. Yeah. Almost as good as my David Bowie impression. Well, that, that you've got from two New Zealand blokes trying to do an English impression of David Bowie. David Bowie. Not directly. Bowies and spies. <laughs> <laughs> I still think my David Bowie impression rocks, actually. Do it again. Bowies and spies. I mean, the little modulation is nice. That, that is quite Bowie-esque. Nice the rest touch. of it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad they don't have to see the facial contortions that I have to put myself through to get that sound. It's, I sort of look like I'm gagging on air when I do that. I mean, you gag on a lot of things, Seth. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, just tonight I had my mum's quiche and it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not a euphemism. You were taking on your mum's quiche in a like a, in like a grateful way because I just couldn't get enough of it in my you mouth. Were grateful to <laughs> get. <laughs> you were grateful to get your mum's quiche. Uh, she, <laughs> she also cooked some really good new potatoes. No, Jersey Royals. Um, but she didn't cook them in butter. She cooked them in um, like garlic oil. So it's really good. I would recommend getting a mum who does that for you. On her Jersey Royals as well. Pardon? Are you gagging on her Jersey Royals as well? 
Shall we um shall we wrap it up there then? If you've listened to the end, I salute you. <laughs> so do I. I feel like I've come off worse in this episode. This is this has been like quite a quite a bad episode for you. <laughs> I feel like not points wise, because points wise we've all done quite well. But just in sort of mor- morality wise, I... are we done? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Cheers for listening, guys. And you know what? Thanks, Dan, for coming on and being irritating. Thanks for having me. Thank you for letting me really just ram at home with my choices. Yeah. Open your eyes to perhaps some other pieces of media that you refuse to acknowledge. (laughs) I can't wait to not watch Demon Slayer. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye now. Goodbye.